0: Welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Raziel. This is the show where we get to talk about sports. We get to talk about business. We get to talk about everything in between. Whatever platform you're watching on, you probably know what to do. Subscribe, review, comment, like, whatever the hell it is. We would sincerely appreciate it if you could do that for us today. My incredible guest, I have John Wolf. He's the chief fitness officer at Onit Labs. He's the owner and head coach over at Wolf Fitness Systems. John, how are you doing today, man?
1: Doing great, man. Pleasure to be here.
0: Pleasure is all mine. I want to say thank you up front. Uh, I do appreciate This is my favorite thing I get to do. So I appreciate you giving me some time to let me just ask you a bunch of questions. And I appreciate all the listeners for listening in because it's uh it's fun for me to do this. It's kind of cool when we see those numbers get pretty high. So I uh, appreciate you on that one, John. John, first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? Man, I think...
1: The, the key of it is is it brings out a lot of lessons in life that are really hard to teach outside of the structure of, of sports. And that that could be, for me, there was a lot of individual sport, right? It was martial art was kind of the sport that I participated in growing up. And then seeing the impact of team sports on other people, realizing, hey, man, I, I really uh, – wish I had some more of those opportunities growing up. And now as a father, seeing that so many of the lessons that are harder to impart as a parent, sometimes are natural occurrences on the field or on the court or on the mats. And as a parent, I can help reinforce those lessons at crucial times, but uh, but it's a lot easier for them to absorb the reality of those situations or the, the, the weight of those situations from their level of buy-in because they want to participate in this, in this sportive event.
0: Yeah. I think uh, you bring it up a little bit. The individual versus team sport aspect I think is, is, is very interesting. Right. So I really only grew up in team sports growing up. I never really was in any type of martial arts or golf or tennis or any of those types of things. What have you seen from, from where you stand kind of on, on the fitness side of the, you know, kids, especially growing up or, or even just adults now, you know, now that, you know, everyone gets a job and then they, they realize they're like, oh, I'm not going to play sports anymore. I'm in a beer league softball. And it's one of my favorite things I do every week. Right. So what have you seen from that end in terms of, of those individual sports, those guys and girls that just go out and play golf every once in a while versus those team sports and kind of how that helps mentally and physically?
1: Yeah, I think everybody has a different level of need from a social engagement standpoint, right? And and some of us uh, might fall into the category of introversion, right? Where the time that we spend Alone isn't necessarily that that's all we need, but sometimes mm-hmm. that's how we recharge. And so, for some people, a lot of people I know might also be balancing the demands of their professional life and professional endeavors. So, so if they're in a highly dynamic environment at work, sometimes they want to be a little more reclusive in their personal practice, even if they are working on improving their score um, or you know slashing some strokes off their game on the golf uh, on the on the golf course uh you know whatever the case is um but you know people a lot of times we have historically it on it had a really engaging uh work environment and those people would play some intramural kind of type of stuff that we would have in our volleyball courts in, the, in on campus here or or uh you know playing in in organized leagues and you know i think it's just been a great to see how you know people find they get in where they fit in, you know, mm-hmm. that as, as long as I think the, the key is, and, and I think a lot of people uh, would benefit that don't participate, just need to find a venue that they feel enriched through the process of, of developing themselves towards towards some type of outcome, right? Uh, whether that's uh, sportive for, for obviously the topic at hand or, or, or otherwise, um, there's just so many different ways to go about it but I think sports is just such a great thing because most of them have that physical element that Mm -hmm. a lot of our lifestyles don't, don't include.
0: Yeah. I mean, obviously you do something a little different than most, right? You're, you're, you're in the fitness industry. So I'm assuming most of your job has to do with teaching or helping others get fit. And I'm sure you have your own morning routines. You do, I'm sure you have your stuff you do at night, but as you said, there's so many people that, they, you know, they sit down in their chair for eight hours a day. They get up to maybe eat lunch and go to the bathroom and then they go to their chair and watch TV the rest of the night. Right. And they wonder why they're starting to gain weight or they're sluggish or they're slow or they hate getting up in the morning. So I always try and make it a point, especially in the summer. I'm not as great as it in the winter, which is probably the time I need to do it the most. But I love going on a nice walk, like a nice 30 minute walk in the middle of the day, mile and a half, nice and easy. Throw on some tunes, maybe a podcast five-star review um but really just try and hang out a little bit and i I think that's really important so i guess i want to understand how you know fitness everybody we all know that right you you should probably do some push-ups you should probably go on a run every once in a while everyone i I very few people you know nine out of ten doctors would probably agree with me on that one right so i guess what was it about fitness for you personally that drove you down that this path is not just a hey i'm gonna wake up and go to the gym every morning it's Hey, I'm going to wake up and this is going to be my career. This is going to be my job moving forward.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, it was it was a revisiting of we kind of hit on the fact that my sport of choice growing up or the one I was actually involved in was an individual sport and in, in martial art. And and whether it was that was my platform, but other platforms, as we talked about in team sports, help help guide us to uh, better understand how to be a better team how, how to be a better teammate, how to be a better person. And for me, uh, it was actually through the experience uh, of, being less focused, uh, more destructive personally, uh, and, and needing to revisit some of the lessons I learned earlier in, in, in that practice. So, mm-hmm. um, I had, I had in my 20s, and, and I think many people probably find themselves really challenged with the amount of ex, like stimulus that you can jump into. And and to be honest, I, I, I fell into uh, having a chemical dependency, right? And so uh, from a relatively always fit and active person to being 130-ish pounds, which I hadn't been since I was in middle school. Goodness. And yeah, that was a big... You know, literally a shell of of my former self, and and so it was the revisiting of the lessons learned in my my sport of choice growing up. The the discipline of that practice and that discipline carrying over not only physically but mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Uh, the 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 framework like any good coaching should kind of hit more than just the the technical details of the practice. But ideally, we're learning lessons that carry over into other aspects of life. And uh, to be honest, uh, that's really revisiting the lessons I learned and lost my way through the process was was what got me back on track. And then I realized uh, I didn't have access to the same uh, same – I didn't go back to the dojo. I did it through an exploratory – mission of different modalities of fitness. So I did like bodybuilding again, which I think a lot of us did in the garage growing up or reading muscle muscle media or other different magazines growing up, muscle and fitness or whatever the case was and 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 trying to emulate other people's workout routines. And then finding that that wasn't really what scratched that itch of, of personal development, just adding more weights, wasn't really uh, doing what I needed it to do. I needed to find more dynamic, Spheres of movement and fitness that uh, kind of bridge the gap between that conventional fitness and and kind of that old martial practice or in the case of of this podcast, like how do you bridge the gap between what you do in the weight room and what you do at your in your sport, which is a lot more Mm. dynamic or life. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, life is obviously a very big portion of that. Um, And I definitely want to kind of hit on a little bit of what you were talking about at the end there. But I'm kind of curious, I don't want to armchair expert this. I'm not a doctor by any means, but I've listened to a lot of people talk before. And so it it sounds like that chemical dependence that you were referring to. Were you able, I guess, you know, you talked about the lessons you learned beforehand and remembering them. I'm sure there were some lessons that you learned during that time as well. And on top of that, were you able to take that one dependence and maybe even replace it with another i.e. The, the fitness aspect or or was there something else there that got you over that dependence into hey yeah let's let's go back to what we were like before cuz that's better for everybody involved
1: yeah i i mean there were definitely lessons learned at that time and a lot of those lessons were were, were a model for what how easy it is to fall into kind of a state we probably see a lot of people in and I think to be honest is probably undervalued as a, as a highly dangerous state to be in which is apathetic
0: mm-hmm. right
1: to to not be invested and that's why I think sports are so great because they they, they give somebody a, a venue to be fully invested in you know and and realize the benefit personally and then communally if they're in a team environment, even if you are individually, sometimes you're operating on a team, even though you, when you're performing, you're by yourself, too. So you can still feel connected. And and at that time, it was really, uh, it, you know, everybody can have different reasons why. But ultimately, I found. I, I myself in a state of, of pure apathy, I didn't feel connected to purpose or to meaning for myself. And it was just through the loss of life in my family. And I just wasn't well, well prepared for that at that time. Um, and one of the greatest lessons I'd say from that is, is that for me as a coach now, to operate from a level of a personal understanding of how anybody can end up in that in that place, and also, uh, you know, we see people that are, have climbed to the highest peaks and still find themselves there, and to not operate from a place of judgment but from a place of understanding, and it's a it's a really powerful thing if if you have hit rock bottom and you've bounced off to know that it life since then i've had a relative sense of certainty that no matter what i faced since then they're like oh well it's just not nearly as bad as what i did to myself at this at that point in time
0: how do you how do you even back, bounce back from something like that I, I'll, I'll be honest i personally never i don't think i've ever hit rock bottom um so i you know i lean on you for those types of questions like how do you pick yourself up from rock bottom because we always hear those stories right oh you got to hit rock bottom you got to hit rock bottom What happens when you hit it? Like, how how do you get up? Is there a a moment in time? Is there a light switch that goes off? Is there just a, well, I guess I got nothing else better to do. I might as well start doing this. Like, how do you actually come back up?
1: You know, my circumstance, I think it might not parallel a lot of other people. So I'm happy to share what mattered to me at that time. Please, yeah. You know, uh, I felt that sense of apathy. I felt like, you know shaken by, to the core as to what was right and wrong, fair and righteous spiritually and otherwise. Right. And, and so it, it gave me this permissibility to, to not care for myself. And that, that was the core of a lot of those choices I made. And then it was just a slippery slope and and things snowballed very quickly. Obviously I'm not meant to be 130 pounds, you know, so, so it's really, interesting to see how far that went and and how fast real relatively in the grand scheme of things but ultimately what happened was I just came to the realization through some interactions with people I love that I wasn't just hurting myself and because growing up everybody has you know challenges and uh, self Perception might be an issue, which I definitely had faced a lot of, of self-judgment and uh, also being a child of divorce, be, dealing with the daddy issues, mommy issues, whatever the case is, even if you have a whole you know, nuclear family, some of us, we always feel the, potentially the impact of what was or wasn't, right? And uh, the one thing that I'd say that I drew strength from and gave me some resolve that I was able to draw on was I was very lucky through all my life and all of these 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 variations of these uh, variables that that I did feel loved and accepted by the people that mattered most. And so I was able to draw strength from that at the time of need and make commitments and, and ask those people to hold me accountable to those commitments to fix what was obviously very wrong in me not only my choices but Mm -hmm. the way i was seeing things
0: yeah it seems like yeah as you said once you realize there are other people that you're hurting you at least had a little bit of a conscience uh the apathy didn't completely take over and i'm excited to talk about uh, commitment and and uh, accountability a little bit later when we hop into some of the fitness stuff and and I do want to then so you're you're coming off rock bottom you're coming out of this as you said you're not j- just adding weights wasn't really doing it for you in terms of uh, working out in fitness as you said you wanted to get and, and again I, I might have said it before but unconventional anything I looked up about you online unconventional was always there so I guess like what exactly is unconventional fitness? What are you teaching? Where did you learn, and and how how did this speak to you more than as you said before than just throwing up some more weights uh, on the uh, on the old rack?
1: Yeah, so you know when I was going through this process of trying to redevelop myself, I, I started pouring myself into like, okay, maybe this fitness thing is a is an evolution of the martial practice that I that I had growing up, and I can pour myself into this new this new venue, and so I got some certifications that were more conventional and I, I got to attend a live workshop with a, a pro ex pro bodybuilder that I recognized from reading some of those mm-hmm. magazines nice. I was talking about. And, and I, I realized like, okay, well, there's a cost to some of the things that we may have valued and not to say that nothing comes without its cost. The sacrifice of being elite at a sport comes at pretty steep costs a lot of times as well, time, energy, and maybe even hyper-specialization causing, um, you know, cost after you get out of sport or during sport, right? The, the pains of, of being so specialized in, in this case, what I realized is, well, a lot of people that I had observed that had kind of gone down that path, they weren't feeling better and better or more agile, nimble and, and playful in their bodies. As they got older, they kind of fell in a routine and it was kind of not serving them the same way that they originally hoped. At least that was my observation. And so I started looking at, uh, more of those magazines. I found uh, a series of articles by a gentleman named Pavel Satsulin who has kind of grown into a greater phenomenon because he he was uh, part of the kettlebell reintroduction uh, into the United States in the early 2000 era time. Mm-hmm. And so I found some articles he had put together and I really enjoyed the perspective of the writing uh, and also the approach which kind of went against the grain in many ways. And so I started applying some of the information he had put out there through a referral. He had mentioned somebody else and the way they moved and and the application of that movement in more of a martial art background. And so mm-hmm. I thought, oh, wow, this is something that is directly aligned with that original interest and uh, started finding kind of these more esoteric and kind of unconventional uh approaches to movement and fitness that kind of were rooted in you know folkloric dance or old ancient martial practices that were based on on not only on tactical superiority but maybe longevity practices as well breath work and and joint mobility that even when i was in martial art that had um more of that Japanese background, you did kind of these like joint circles to prepare for a lot of the striking. And I was like, okay, wow, there are a lot of these parallels I'm starting to see. And that's the rabbit hole that I continue to go down. And it's gone, it's gone on and still c-
0: continues now. To and it, goes, day. it looks like it's going pretty well for you too. You're doing some cool stuff. So I think it's really interesting. And, and you bring up kettlebells and uh, tell me if I'm wrong. I've read it on the internet. So who the hell knows if it's correct or not. But I was told that there's one thing that you can do kettlebell swings, kettlebell swings are one of the best possible thing for your entire body that you can do. Is that true or is that a little fabricated?
1: No, I think, I think that it's, it's true until it's not true. Just like everything else. Right. I think if, if you're looking at the average person, if they have the technical capacity or the coaching available to them to do kettlebell swings, it strengthens everything from head to toe, Uh, especially along the backside of the body, and it's a coordinated movement where there's a lot of acceleration and deceleration. So it has a high carryover potential to every other practice. A lot of times what we think about is building strength, uh, but it's really the application of force in a meaningful way, right? And so the absorption and redirection of force is a lot of what we're doing in a kettlebell swing, but you can swing you, you can do a lot of other things you could play granny passes with a medicine ball or uh, there's just a lot of ways we can slice and dice those things I wouldn't be so dogmatic as to say that that's the 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 universal truth mm-hmm. but I think you know we lift we push we pull swinging weight is kind of a lost art and it, it 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 works on some elements that we see in sports is the timing and sequencing of movement so are you in the right place at the right time to to make the play essentially
0: mm-hmm. right Oh, I like that. That's good. That is really interesting, right? Because if you do it wrong, it's probably just going to hurt you, uh, especially a movement oh, yeah. like that in particular. So, if you do it right, it could probably be very, very good for you, as you said. If you do it wrong, that was just kind of an aside. I don't know. Remember where I saw that? Uh, but I heard it was really good for you, so thought I'd ask the kettlebell guy. Right? Are you? You are you known as the kettlebell guy? Is that too much? Too little? How do you like that?
1: You know, <laughs> I I had traveled around. I had developed a a course called Evolution Kettlebell Groundwork back in the days when I was at Wolf Fitness Systems before I I came to Onnit. And I traveled around and went to Europe teaching this and and I traveled around the United States teaching it. But it was essentially a combination of of kettlebell work and ground-based mobility drills. So nowadays you see a lot more of these ground-based movements uh, kind of integrated into a holistic training regimen um, you know one of them might be my friend Mike Fitch's animal flow you could even probably hear but animal- based movements or or uh, ground-based mobility there's so many different ways that this stuff is has now become a lot cooler than it was before it wasn't cool to do things that were restorative and not not just measured in work but now I think, Uh, there's a lot more prevalence on the quality of the movement, the visual appeal of the movement and the execution. So realistically, I, what I'm known more for is integrating a lot of disparate modalities into something that's systematically delivered. And that's what we do it on it. So we have kettlebells, we have clubs, maces, you know, like I said, med balls, suspension training, uh, a, a bunch of mobility. I'm actually probably best known, uh, to to emphasize mobility practices
0: like stretching yoga that kind of stuff because that's what yeah, i love it, the I most mean,
1: from from an external standpoint it's i think it's easy to contextualize it in stretching or yoga and yoga has kind of more of this more holistic stretching component where like mm-hmm. you're holding a position that you feel unstable in and by holding that position you're finding new length and strength you know to find and hold that position stretching i think we look at a lot of times the lengthening of specific tissue, like a section of tissue or Mm -hmm. an area of tissue. And I think both of those are are, are great ways for most people to, to kind of look at the lens initially of what the difference between conventional flexibility or yoga and then mobility, usually what people would use as a way to differentiate that is, is, is your ability to coordinate and put yourself into positions, into and out of those positions actively. So I'm not using gravity and uh, getting in myself into a stretch position, but do I have the full range of motion and coordinate my joints, potentially even under load, right, progressively, and using that as a, as a, a training modality as well. Mm-hmm. It could be loaded or unloaded.
0: And yeah, I could see that being very important, as you said, with with the potential, as you said, loaded, but the gravity and, and understanding you know what your body's capable of, and one not what it's not capable. Of, I think is really interesting, and I try. I mean, I just try and stretch every morning. I think that's a really important thing. Like I wake up and my legs hurt, so I'm you know this far from the ground, and then I can finally get my knuckles to touch the ground. You know, after you know a minute or two, and feel like a million bucks afterwards. And it's one of the best things, one of the happiest things I do every morning because I feel so much better. Just letting that blood get get flowing, getting down there, stretching out, feeling a lot better. So. If you don't already, I suggest everyone out there, probably a good idea. But uh, I do want to talk. I mean, you you kind of breezed over it. So let's maybe take a, take a step back. You traveled the <laughs> world teaching people how to use kettlebells, essentially. I know I'm paraphrasing, but that is such an interesting there, – there's parts of the story missing, right? We went from uh, chemical dependence to, hey, let's try some new things to – Hey, I'm I'm traveling to Europe to teach people how to how to do you know uh, use kettlebells and and you know walk around like an animal. Again, I I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but what what happened in between? Like, how do you get to that point? What did you do? Who did you talk to? How did you get there to be to the point where it's where you're one of the experts on this, able and and willing to travel the world just to teach other people the the thing that you, one of your m- most passionate um, appreciations is.
1: Yeah, I think. It- and first let's go back to your morning routine, Michael. I, oh, wanna, yeah. Just, yeah, I sure, wanna sure. sure. You, yeah, I want to give you some props on that. Thank you. And to be honest, like how we start our day, I think, frames how we look at the day as a whole. Like if me, the first thing let, we do is oh go ahead. Let
0: me give you my whole one then. So I, I slam a glass of water, just chug an entire glass of water, I stretch out and then I meditate for five minutes. Just look little, little breathing, little breathing meditation. And then I drop down, I do forty push-ups and I have a minimum of a minute forty-five plank. I do that every single day and a half for like the last like two and a half years. So feel good every morning, man. I feel pretty good. And then I drink coffee, of course. I mean, come I on. Mean,
1: but that's yeah. just the icing on the cake. Yeah, though,
0: exactly. You know? <laughs> that's, that's the good stuff. That's the good yeah. stuff. I apologize. Go go back. No,
1: I think that's great. And thank you for sharing. I think that having that morning routine, it, it's such a powerful thing that, that sets the day up for success. In fact, when we talked about the difference between stretching and mobility, and you, you talked about your morning routine, one of our, our more recent offerings we offer it on it. It's called on it in 30. And it's like, how do you in 30 minutes or less get, get on it, you know? And so I have a program called morning mobility. So it basically parallels what you're saying for somebody who's looking to explore mobility practices, that would be a really accessible one. It doesn't require you to be, you know, in shape, really just paying dividends into your, your movement capacity. You're, you're essentially just helping your joints and soft tissues feel more resilient and healthy. So you can touch the floor. Like you had said, if that's your big win for the morning, but for me, that's, that's, uh, been a big part of, of this journey is the mobility component. And you said, well, how do we get from, you know, chemical dependency to traveling around the world and, and, and a large part of it is, is like what you talked about before is as purpose and, and resilience, you know, like, how do you keep showing up? And for me, uh, When I was doing all that research and trying to find different rabbit holes to to dig down into, I I started going through fitness education courses, traveling around instead of being on vacation and going to Vegas, which I obviously didn't need a party anymore. um, I started going to these fitness seminars. And so I did that to accelerate the process of my personal development. But I started that in around 2001. And I didn't start coaching and receiving pay. I, I Sorry, I was coaching perpetually since then because I wanted to share with with the world what it was that I felt was so impactful for me at the time. But I did it for free in my garage and, and suckered everybody who worked with me in the office. I had a kettlebell next to my cubicle. I was the crazy guy and all the people that I used to work with in finance or other businesses that I used to do. I have a very eclectic work history. They're like, yeah, you always had a kettlebell at your desk, or you always were trying to show me this mobility thing and now look at what you're doing. But essentially, you know, I, I, I went through courses that were definitely more geared towards professional development for my own personal gain. And I, and I let that practice continue to evolve for several years, coaching people for free before I started becoming a fitness professional. Um, I got into the fitness you know, uh, as a fitness, as a profession, because in 2008, I was working in finance and I really liked helping people, uh, realize the American dream, you know, helping them finance their house. And there wasn't a financial vehicle that could help a lot of people. And instead of, uh, being in a situation where I felt like I couldn't be of service, I felt like, man, everybody's hurting financially. What if I helped my community by reinvesting in their personal health and making it really affordable? So I worked with the city and coordinated some resources to to do a city-sponsored wellness program, worked with the county, did a lot of public speaking and and trying to educate people in my locale. That's really snowballed into me starting my own, uh, sharing a studio with another business and then 18 months later, opening my own studio, becoming a little more prolific in the way that we integrated fitness in a very unique way. YouTube and Facebook was kind of on the upswing, you know, Instagram didn't exist yet. And I had a, a, a talented uh, artist that did, he did music, but he needed to learn how to do graphic design and video to promote himself as a musician. Right. And he also happened to develop himself as a coach within our, in our studio. So he helped us proliferate you know that message that we had of this unique brand of fitness um next thing you know i was able to produce a dvd with uh with uh, unconventional fitness magazine called my mad methods at the time uh that gentleman ended up selling that publication to Onit and he took a role that you know he took the the role i now have within Onit leading our fitness charge and until i took i took the baton from him thereafter and so that's kind of kind of how it all happened Mm -hmm. i i I was really well known for doing some things that that uh on it had an appetite for but not very many other people were qualified to pull all the pieces together
0: Mm -hmm. that's awesome i'm glad i asked that question because that that kind of fills in a little bit more of the story a little bit more of that puzzle um taking us to the end of the yellow brick road there but uh i think i'm sure there's many many more stories that go into that uh, aspect of your life but i am excited to talk a little bit about on it Um, so for many people, uh, one of the reasons why I love starting a podcast was I did listen to Joe Rogan, right? Like it was just fun. Like I, one of my favorite things on planet earth is a great conversation. And I love talking to people who are extremely passionate. I don't care what they're passionate about. It could be finance, which I absolutely hate. It could be fitness, which I'm not that great at. Or it could be baseball, where I could partake very wholly in that conversation. But I just love talking to people who are extremely passionate. And I appreciate you coming on, John, because I can tell how passionate you are. Just about all these weird little things. Not weird. I don't mean to call it weird, but unconventional. There we go. We'll, we'll go back to that word. So I, I heard of on it through Joe Rogan's podcast, right? He, if I'm not mistaken, he's co-founder and on it in some way, shape, or form. Obviously, pretty big uh ambassador let, let's say as well and he has those uh the kettlebells with the gorillas on them right is that you is that mm-hmm. supposed to be your face or what am i what am i no, I'm uh, kidding they course, preceded
1: but. my time here but they, there are some family resemblance I,
0: have I, to say. I was gonna say a wolf gorilla whatever we're kind of close right it's uh it's all animalistic but i guess for people that haven't listened to Joe Rogan or haven't come across this brand somehow online at some way, shape, in some way, shape, or form. Could you give us, I guess, a little primer into the brand of On It and what exactly you guys are doing? Because I see total human optimization a lot, and I'm really curious what the heck that means.
1: You know, I think it, it, we've naturally kind of touched on it in many ways, but you know, we've tried to encapsulate really clearly what On It is for for people. So. Yes, Aubrey Marcus was our founder and CEO up to our recent history, in which he he kind of handed the baton over to our current CEO, Joe. Helped co-found the actual birth of it in the sense that he he kind of guided Aubrey towards creating a nootropic called Alpha Brain. A nootropic is a, a cognitive enhancement supplement. Essentially, it helps your brain function, uh, and so Joe. Was really taken back with the formulation and promoted it, and that essentially that was the springboard for Onnit to to really become instantly financially viable to mm-hmm. achieve its now mission of of in, empowering people towards this goal of total human optimization. So, what does that mean? Total human optimization in the sense of Onnit and Onnit being kind of what is Onnit? Well, it, it really came from Joe, I'm sorry, Aubrey hanging out with Bodie Miller and saying like, okay, hey, did you see me get down, the, you know, work down that slope? I was on it. Or Aubrey loves basketball. So, you know, if he, if he had a great game, then he was on it. And if we were to look at modern psychology on it would be like achieving flow state, which is also uh a parallel or, you know, a measure a lot of times for people to have a filling state, a fulfilling sense of life, a a sense of fulfillment in life is, is, is being able to pour yourself into something. And so holy, right. We talked about it being sport for a lot of people to find that state of just pure bliss, enjoy being present in that moment and sometimes being out of our own way. And so in, in that goal of achieving flow state on, it has curated a bunch of, of, you know, products and services, even our fitness. And we talk about this weird, unconventional uh, game of fitness that we play. A lot of it is to to help facilitate that state more readily. And so, you know, it's meant to help support you in whatever endeavor you uniquely kind of choose, you know, choose your own adventure and on its uh, suite of products and services to help support you in that in that goal and fitness in so many ways that you can uh, argue, well, is this, is this the best form of fitness or is this the best form of fitness? Ultimately for us, we, we plug and play with every other brand of fitness. We were here as a, a, our goal is just to synergize whatever greatness is already there and, and, and help, help serve, you know, that individual or that team or whoever it is uh, with whatever insight we have that can, can benefit them.
0: Yeah, and I think it's really important for people to understand that it's not just, um, it's not cult-like, right? It's not one, you know, here, this is how you have to do it. It seems like you guys are very open to different ways of doing things as long as we get to that final level, right? As long as we get to where you're looking to go, because everyone's going to have a different on it, as you said. Everyone's going to have a different flow. Everyone's going to be looking to fulfill themselves and their own lives in different ways. You guys are just here to help. Uh, and it sounds like you have, as you said, the services and the products and the and the the, the retail and the the. Um, I mean, as you said, you you have some cool thirty-minute classes you could take in the morning, right? You have just about everything that you're going to need just to give a bunch of different people this opportunity to get to where they want to get to. Now, one thing is uh, sometimes when you give people too many options, uh, they never actually get there, right? Paralysis by analysis, that type of thing. And, and you brought up accountability before. You brought up discipline. How? especially from the fitness side, how have you been able to utilize those types of of attributes, right? Things we learn in sports when we're younger, right? Time management, working hard, discipline, accountability. How have you been able to utilize those attributes to help other people realize, again, this, this state of flow that they're all looking to get to?
1: Yeah, I think what we've been really more successful at in a a broader scope of things right so right now i don't know if you you can hear maybe some background music behind me a little bit and that's that's our gym literally on the other side of this wall so i was here to help design an education system i was brought on to help design an education system that integrated all those unconventional tools and methods into something holistic and then to open a facility where we use this as an r d platform to understand how those theories and philosophies that we brought to the table applied in a, in a highly demanding, Austin's a a fit community. So these people expect a certain feel and experience Mm -hmm. in the way that they, they, they adopt fitness. And so, so rather than saying, you know, we're dogmatic and this is how we do things. You're going to take it the way we want. We respond to the market and be able to kind of bend and make sure we're giving people what they want while we give them what they need Uh, in the sense of our larger community, obviously, not all of the Onnit customer bases in Austin, and so what we've done is we've created these digital fitness products. Uh, some of them are structured six-week programs; those are called Onnit Six. And then we have those kind of like playlist hit playlist, you know, choose your Love own it. adventure Onnit in thirty. You know, you, you can just mix and match however you like, and kind of have a, a smorgasbord of, of different elements of fitness so you can fold into what you like. And so these structured deliverables, we we started last year doing what we call the Honest Six Challenge, which is a community event, a transformation challenge. But we really wanted it to be a different value system than what conventional transformation challenges really hyperfixate on, which is an aesthetic or weight loss change, at what cost or in what way. So what we really have done is we we've we of course help support people cuz a lot of people are coming in to lose weight or to feel more empowered in their body but we we create a framework of support that in this 6 week span that we're all doing this together i'm in i'm in the a, a, a facebook group and uh, some of our other coaches to nurture and, uh, and create an environment where people are are kind of working through not just the physical challenges of the program but Like what they actually are needing to overcome so that they can stay focused on the task at hand and not be distracted by all the noise between the ears or uh, um, the stories that they associate to themselves, right? Yeah, If they were the last to pick be picked on the uh, you know pe every day can they still be successful and in our environment that's what we try to create sorry about that michael i didn't mean to cut you off
0: no 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 no, no, no. You, this is your show man i'm just here to ask questions right like that's my whole goal here so appreciate you i, I apologize for trying to cut you off there for a second but i was going to say like people tell themselves stories all the time right and then those stories get kind of stretched and pulled and and kind of manipulated and that's when you ask someone else what happened and what i remember is completely different than what they remember right and and understanding that again you guys are there to help and as you said that that noise between everyone's ears let's say this last i don't know 18 months can we call it has been pretty noisy for a lot of people how have you guys been able to i mean it sounds like last year you started this uh six-week program up correct so i assume just throwing a dart here it was in one of those nine months of last year that wasn't so great for everybody where did this idea come from and how are you trying to take advantage of a a bad situation and turn it good to get more and more people online doing these things together in a place like this facebook group or or you know wherever uh wherever else they can meet
1: yeah you know to be honest it, it the original idea preceded everything changing right and so we had already created these structured programs to kind of give our take on what the common infomercial fitness product would Love look it. like. And and we wanted to do it in a way that was really authentic. So like, if you were to put up with me in one of these programs, you hear a lot of you know, what I would hope you would receive as conscious communication, right? Like I'm, I'm trying to program the way you perceive yourself while you're doing the exercise because you're in a more receptive state, right? So it's about, it's not, it's not just about pushing until you're broken. It's about understanding where you are today and, and, and what to, is a hundred percent today is going to be different tomorrow. And we, we provide a lot of this kind of positive programming, you know, because uh, we're all susceptible to what we, what we take in, uh, in the delivery of, of, of our brand of fitness. And and, uh, we use models that aren't fitness models. We use employees here at, at the office and we do a beta test. And those people that, that really show a resonance for that methodology, we, I thought, Hey, you know, you'd be really great to be one of our models. If you don't mind being on camera for two days straight, demoing all this stuff and, and sweating for the good of our community, you know, and, uh, and we do it all in one take. So if I flub or make silly mistakes, for the most part, they're, they're just in there. We don't, we're trying to be as authentic as possible mm-hmm. so that when people are receiving this, they don't feel like this is overproduced, like, like something that I can't connect with emotionally. Even the people there, I think a lot of times people feel like the models are there with them doing it because that's what we wanted it to create. Um, as, as we had kind of designed that already it really didn't, we didn't use it as a lever within the business, but starting last, the beginning of last year, we already had the idea of kicking off our version of a fitness challenge where at the end, it wasn't about the weight loss, but the impact to your life. Uh, like you actually articulate in a written format and then a video format, like how has this like supported you reaching goals outside of fitness or within fitness, both, uh, how has it impacted how you show up to your family or to your community and and how other people received you in this new state and these are the things that we value because um uh, it's not it, you're not a hu- optimized human if you're not making positive impact on the people around you right is it's a cascading uh, a benefit for the whole world if if you and i are happy people everyone we interact with is is, is changed at least for that moment right
0: a smile, man. A simple smile. Yeah. You see a smile, you smile. That's one of the the few things I learned from AP psychology. If you smile, uh, chemicals are released in your brain and you actually become happier. So I always try and smile at other people because what's the worst thing that they can happen? I get happier. That's the least thing that can happen is I get happier. Hopefully they get a little happier too. And I like that. The, 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 you're not going to be a totally optimized human unless you're helping other people, right? Like there, there's no way you can reach that complete peak if you're not helping others. If you're just completely self-serving, how can you optimize if you can't help the community around you? Because we're also connected in so many different ways. I like that. I never wouldn't have put that together. I appreciate that, John. That's some good stuff, man. Look at you. Yeah.
1: You know, that's, that's hopefully what we've been able to figure out is our formula and, and it's led to what we think, um, as as you said, like, you know, hey, there's a lot of noise. And if if before with our history of on it, it's always been this awesome brand, right? And we've been really lucky that we have Joe Rogan, you know, kind of out there rocking our gear and, and talking about on it because he believes in it. But then there's all a lot of the people we've had to build the brand were people that people like had aspirational value around, athletes. Uh, movie stars, comedians, whatever the case is. But the reality is, I think most of us don't see ourselves in those people. And so right now through this effort and and what we've really done is create a a greater focus on our community and human interest stories within our community. So the winners of these On It 6 challenges, we tell their stories and then we realize there's so many stories besides those two that we select. And we've we started to highlight the, the, the people who really make up our community within on it. And we're telling these stories more readily, more frequently. And there, there are people that are trainers that have gone through our education system who are serving lots of people. There are the individuals that have gone through our, our challenges and being able to share how that's impacted their lives individually. And now we've created this kind of concept of on it Stories and it's it's taking up a new whole section of of what we put out and it's really about the at the the actual consumers of on it and hopefully that paves a path it is more diversity is represented there for people like you or like i or like a lot of other people who maybe maybe someone won't relate to me but they'll relate to one of those stories and that's what puts them on the path
0: I love. I think that's absolutely fantastic, right? That is some some incredible. Just from a business standpoint, that's amazing marketing, right? If someone has a story written about them from a, a reputable source like yourself, they're obviously going to want to share it and let their friends know about it. But more importantly, just from a community building standpoint, right? Seeing other people that are in the brand and maybe they've come across this person's name before, maybe they haven't. Maybe they've connected with them. Maybe that just that just builds those. Just the the clasping of hands so much tighter to get all of these people so involved in other people's stories, right? And seeing, and then that brings something to you, right? Seeing that somebody else could do it, okay, that maybe that's the motivation I needed to do it. Maybe that was just a great thing that put a smile on my face, right? And that that's again going back to that total. Uh, human optimization i think that is fantastic and and john just a couple more questions here john wolf chief fitness officer at on labs what exactly i mean cfo we know what the regular cfo does i guess what is what does a chief fitness officer do do you come up with these ideas do you come up with the workouts are you just kind of the guy that's pulling the strings in the background How what exactly does a chief fitness officer do
1: <laughs> don't look behind the curtain bro okay uh, <laughs> sorry well, I, I'll, I'll take that back <laughs> well you know the the reality is is like what a cool place that I've been fortunate to find myself in where I'm in a, what I feel is a brand that has truly the ability to, to make a positive impact on the world, right? What we, what we're, what we're selling isn't just the products. It isn't the services. It's, it's a belief, right? And, Mm -hmm. and that's what we're, we're, we're purpose driven and everything else comes as a result of us living in that truth. So as CFO, Realistically, I came in, as I told you, I was actually, I I was flown in by my predecessor who was really good at info marketing and was there. the the founder, Aubrey Marcus, was saying, hey, we want to design an education product, an education system, and we Mm -hmm. want to open this gym. So my predecessor, Mark, he's like, I I don't, that's not really where I shine, but I know the right guy, right? And so – he did a lot of info marketing around fitness, and then I came in, designed education, opened the gym. As he left, we had to figure out really what the next strategy was. So my strengths were in education, running the facility, and building community. So those are the things that that really kind of I own. I uh, renovated a lot of our fitness products which are unconventional fitness products maces, clubs kettlebells i redesigned some of the things i thought ergonomically needed to be enhanced um, and help drive innovation in that area I, i continue to to lead and manage our team here on the ground within the gym and our education team as we have flown around and taught our courses as well when Uh, We were doing live events. We're not doing that right now, though we are about to launch a digital education course so that people can access our our education wherever they are. And then our home fitness digital, digital fitness product initiative, which has definitely featured a lot of this space, unfortunately, on on the front end. But we're going to diversify that because if we're an education platform and I'm an educator, it's like, uh, how do you know? You know, what a good leader is, a good leader creates other leaders, right? And we've done uh, what I hope is really going to be more observable, just like the stories that we were talking about earlier. You're going to see more people who've come through our education that we're better at highlighting and hopefully can get their voice into the the marketplace, uh, joined with ours. So we can see, like you said, all of those hands held together, choosing to work together to create kind of that, that outcome that we, it's a big aspirational goal, right? Good. Uh, but, but it's a, uh, that's, that's, that keeps what keeps us coming in every day.
0: You need big goals, man. You need way bigger goals. I, I, uh, I read my goals every morning. That's another thing that I I forgot to add to that morning routine. And I'm going to get to your morning routine. Don't worry. I wrote it down before I wanted to end with that. But uh, that's one thing that I do every single, every single morning. Uh, you know, as you said, you're an educator. It's one of my goals to be I really know it's not an adjunct professor but like a part-time professor like just like get like like a tuesday thursday class at my alma mater here I'm, i went to Rutgers. i'm about 25 minutes away just get like that tuesday thursday class like once you know like one group of kids i feel like my personality works out really well for it and i think i could actually lean a uh, give a lot. So that's one thing that I read myself, my, myself every morning. How do I become a, a sports uh, business professional? And I think I'm, I'm well on my way there, especially talking to people like yourself and learning more and more about it. Um, I also want to become a paid speaker and I also want the best podcast in the world. So I'm coming for your friend, Joe. But we got some time until then. And I, I think, you know, as you said, with Joe Rogan and only a couple more minutes, John, sincerely, sincerely appreciate your time today. With... With having someone like Joe, it's absolutely incredible, right? But you guys were recently acquired or, or merged with, I don't know exactly the, the, the correct legal terms we want to use, but with Unilever. And I mean, we can count on one hand, right? Johnson & Johnson, PNG, Unilever, and Kimberly Clark, right? Some of the biggest consumer brand companies in the world, conglomerates worldwide. What was it like when, this only happened a few months ago, if I'm not mistaken, what was it like to see a company like Unilever come in and say, we love your mission. We love what you're doing. And obviously we love your products. We want to get them out to way more people. How much more motivation or how much more, um, I don't know the word I'm looking for, but uh, like, I don't know, whatever that word is, we'll figure it out at the end. But what was that like having a company like that come in and say, we love what you're doing. Let's do it even more.
1: I think that's that's the mission. And that's the, the that was the, the position we found ourselves in, just saying, like, wow, to be recognized by one of those top five players in the worldwide market of consumer product goods, right? You know, uh, if if you don't know, there's really only like about five of these conglomerates that make up most of the brands that mm-hmm. we interact with on a daily basis, and Unilever is one of those top worldwide brands. Um, and you know, I think when we when we were looking at potentially taking outside investment, which we had never done up to this point, outside of a couple of like IOU investments that Aubrey took to start the company with some friends, um, it, it really has been kind of grassroots. You know, the Joe is a springboard and was huge in gaining momentum, and 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 people might might have little little stakes that they bought in. Some of these athletes that wanted to be part of the brand, instead of us paying them, they some of them bought shares of the brand because they felt that connected to it. So it was really unique. And then to have Unilever come in and, and, and their interest be a huge vote of confidence that we're on the right track. Um, there's also the fear of what the cost of incorporating in such a big, big machine might be in terms of our identity. And uh, oddly enough, you know, Unilever uh, is got this initiative where we're part of a health and wellness initiative, right? There's a, a they they Oli Ollie and and Liquid IV, some other brands in the space. Um, but but one of the things that most people don't know is Unilever is a worldwide uh, largest distributor of ice cream, manufacturer and distributor of ice cream, and they they actually also hold Ben and Jerry's as a brand. And Look Ben and Jerry's is well known as a very active activist brand, right? And so what we found was wow, they 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 have this brand, they've helped it grow so much, but at the same time, they haven't muzzled the founders. They the, the founders still have their voices. And those voices might not necessarily always be the easiest thing to deal with, but but they've allowed that those founders and that brand to stay authentic. And that that really meant a lot to our leadership team as we continue to charge forward realizing Aubrey's long-term mission for on it was that everybody in the world should be able to get on it. And, uh, whether it's through our digital fitness product, which was like the low hanging fruit for us to make a $10 product that someone all over the world, as long as you have internet connection could access at a reasonable cost. Um, that was big for me, but ultimately I know that the, the vision that he had didn't mean just digital fitness products. It meant our tangible goods. It meant, you know, our, or, or if you wanted to rep on it this way or or be able to access the supplements or the, the nutritional support products, that it was an important part of us realizing that vision. And otherwise, without support from somebody like Unilever, it was a, a long uphill battle that I don't know what, what, what we would ever really achieve. I think now we can actually see that potential in in, in you know, the light at the end of the tunnel. And it's so exciting. I can't yeah. even put in words.
0: It's like, it's almost endless at this point, right? Before you were, you know, a scrappy startup, you know, luckily you had a pretty cool friend, right? Like that's kind of how it happened. And, and now you're, as you said, you're working with one of the five biggest consumer product good companies in the entire world. Uh, anyone again, go Google it. It's pretty pretty interesting that there's only five of them, but that's neither here nor there. It's awesome that you get to be a part of it. And as you said, you get to be a part of a brand and and, and a company that you know, is not going to tell you what to do. You're going to be allowed to do what you do at the highest level you as in on it, but just with more opportunity, more connections, more networking, and hopefully a couple more dollars behind you too. I don't think that would be too bad, right? All the above, you know, all the above baby. I love it. Take it all. (laughs) That's fantastic. Um, Two more things. One, I just wanted to comment. You you said that you created that digital uh, program. It's ten dollars a month, and oh, I no, think it's
1: ten dollars one time purchase, and you have a lifetime access for the on it thir- in thirty products. So each My one has a theme.
0: goodness. Yes. I just assumed ten dollars a month. I apologize. Ten I mean, shoot, I'll I'll just go go pay for that now. But I really want to make sure that we connect some dots because much much earlier in this conversation, one of the things that you did personally was you believed that giving back to your community through fitness in an extremely affordable way was something that you were very, very passionate about would you look at that how things come full circle now yeah. you're just running it rather than through your own gym or your own home with uh, somebody else next to you in, in the uh, in the studio you're running it through as we said one of the five biggest companies and consumer products goods in the world so john kudos and congratulations to you man that is just that is some full circle stuff and that is again why i love having these conversations because you're not going to find that anywhere else right you're not going to know that and i think that it's absolutely fantastic that this is where a lot of the stuff comes from and john i've kept you very long. And I'm sure you got other shit that you got to get to go into. My last question, as I said, for you is the morning routine. What do you do every morning? What's, when's the alarm go off? What's the first thing you do? First thoughts, tell me it all because I might need to start adapting what I do a little bit and seeing how much fun you're having over there. Yeah.
1: You know, for me, it'll vary at different times, but generally, you know, uh, there's, there's ebb and flow, right? There's the seasonality of life and for summer, it, it, it it was kind of different because uh, I'm a father. I have my daughter from California coming and spending time with me. Everything really centered on that. So, routine was kind of thrown a, a monkey wrench in. But now we're back into the school year, it's kicking off. So, my my one of the rituals that we teach in our On a Six Challenge a lot of times is prioritizing your personal needs so that you can be of greater service to others. And so, one of the things that, that I kind of played, you know, we do a lot of. Uh, play, play on words, right? So, uh, guns out before sun's out. Love and it. So, so if you're a family person and you have a lot of commitments or highly dynamic waiting to the end of the day, often leaves you with the least willpower and the least energy to pour into what you need to be well. And so before the sun rises, I generally like to have a mobility practice, a uh, uh, a gratitude ritual, like what am i grateful for the opportunity to pursue today and and who and what who do i want to reach out to 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 actually express gratitude for you know so i predetermine who i want to reach out to that day and I'm in Texas, so a lot of people that have been part of my life in California. If I'm up at five doing this, I got to wait for five hours before I can. I was text gonna you. say
0: three o'clock <laughs> in the morning. I'm sure they don't want that text message too much.
1: No, no, and so so that's what it is. And and you said before, smile, right? You know, you know the, the two things I want to commit to, and that that gratitude practice gives me my first smile, right? And 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 it also that being up and guns out before suns out it gives me my first sweat, and it might not be the only sweat of the day. But I like like how you said the walk. Um, if it's before the sun's out, I might be in the garage listening to a podcast or an audio book for a 60-minute row, which I would consider more of a moving meditation. But it gets that sweat and smile checklist for me. If you want to be more fulfilled, then prioritize making sure you sweat and you smile every day. And those two things, uh, if you do them, and, and have some consistency, uh, it, they, they really do snowball into a lot more positivity. You know?
0: Sweat and smile every day. I like that. I'm going to have to work that into the routine, John. This has been absolutely incredible. Sincerely, sincerely, thank you so much for all your time today. As I said, this is my favorite thing I get to do. So I appreciate you giving me a couple of your minutes today. Time's the only thing we don't get more of. So thank you for giving me some of yours. Um, talk to me. Where where can we follow you? Where can we follow on it? Where can we learn about this $10 one time? One time, single time, ten dollars you get it all. Where can we find all this information? Uh, and for everybody that's listening, I'll put it in the show notes on YouTube as well as the podcast. Let's go.
1: Yeah, definitely easy to follow us. We're big on uh, Instagram, so at On It O N is a Nancy and is a Nancy I T uh, at Coach John Wolf. So really easy uh, and. In addition to that, you know, make sure to check out onit.com on on the web. You, you'll see a bunch of content. We're actually going to launch our upcoming onit 6 challenge. If not right now, when you see this, then there'll probably be another one coming up. So stay tuned to, to that or, or check out some of those stories. Because it, even if my story doesn't re- resonate with you, um, hopefully someone that's connected to Onnit is somebody you do... Uh, resonate with and find value in their story and, and, and choose to come and participate. Ultimately, if you do want to plug in to social support, whether it's during an Onnit 6 challenge or outside of any of those defined times, check out our uh, our Facebook group, the Onnit Tribe. And uh, just know that uh, if you come and show up, you don't have to communicate your presence right away. You can just observe just take note of all of the the loving responses when people are sharing not only their good times but their challenging times, and just know that that's the expectation. If you come and play, you just got to play by the rules. We, we're there to support and lift each other up. So I just ask, if you do show up, just just, just uh, if you do share, make sure it's in that in that uh with that intent.
0: I love that. This has been absolutely fantastic, John Wolf, Chief Fitness Officer at Onit Labs. Appreciate your time today, John. Thank you. Thank you, Michael.